Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by my husband and co-host, Mike. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm great. I am excited to have a conversation today about overcoming all those negative voices, all those naysayers in your own lives. Self-doubt often is what it manifests in and silencing those voices. Mm-hmm. So we have an analogy we got from a recent movie we watched yeah. on Disney Plus, which is perfect for this. We're going to yeah. start calling them that guy Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> Silencio Bruno. Yes. <laughs> that was a very, uh, very nice yeah. uh, articulation there. Uh, I can't roll the R's. So. <laughs> we all face challenges in life. And when learning new things, it can be really hard. And just starting can be the hardest step. And when faced with opposition, we can self-sabotage by our own doubts, by our own fears, fear of starting, fear of that we won't finish, so we don't even want to get going on it. And fear of becoming who we truly could become. And the movie that we watched recently is Disney's newer movie, Luca. And there's a boy in it that he meets a friend and his friend is like, his world is very small and this is first time his world has become bigger and he's seen other things. And the the boy that really helps him overcome all these fears and all these new things, he tells him, Silencio Bruno. So when you feel that opposition, when you don't want to do something, or if you have a voice in your head telling you, you can't do that, he tells him to say these words and silence that negative voice. (laughs) Yeah. And the context for the movie, it's about these sea creatures who transform into humans when they come up out of the water. And the little boy, Luca, who's the main character in the movie, has been told his entire life, you can't go up to the surface because bad stuff is going to happen to you. And he goes up there and finds some stuff that had been lost in a shipwreck sort of a thing. And he's intrigued by it. And then he sees this other creature who is collecting all this stuff. And that's the, the boy who ends up being his friend. And he basically pulls him up onto the land. He's like, see, it's not, it's not as bad as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets the stage for questioning everything that he's ever known in the movie. At one point, they're about to ride this bike because they really want a Vespa. But <laughs> they have this bike that they're building and they're going to take it off of this ramp. And Luca's like, this is crazy. We can't do this. And that's when Alberto the other little boy, the happy-go-lucky one is like, Silencio Bruno, just say it really loud, you know, until <laughs> Bruno, that voice in your head, just stops talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so he has him repeated over and over again. He's like, can you still hear it? Nope, good, let's go. He grabs him, throws on the mic, and they go yeah. off the jump. Yeah. <laughs> and so Bruno is the the voice that is going to always say, no, you can't, you can't do that. And uh, kind of the point of the movie is, well, you don't really know until you start questioning some of these things and you try. Yeah. And everyone faces so faces this. So if you think you're alone and you're facing something and no one understands you, that's the first lie to overcome. Everyone faces self-doubt. Everyone faces negativity when trying something new, when trying to overcome a new challenge. And secondly, we can all change and overcome. And in this example that we shared... It helped to have a good friend that could help you silence those negative voices. So you're not going it alone. There's always someone out there that's experienced what you're experiencing, but you can also have someone in your 
on your court that's going to be rooting for you as well. Yeah, it's important to have people that you look up to, kind of heroes that have done what you want to do because that can be inspiring and it can encourage you that, look, they they did it, so it's possible for you to do it as well. Uh, but then also you need to be thinking about who you can help pull up, yep. who you can encourage to maybe go a little bit further and do things that they never thought were possible. Yeah. Law of sowing and reaping works in every area of life. When we sow to other people and say, no, you can do that. No, like you can overcome that. Or if you've taught your children how to ride a bike or think of anything that we each have to learn. If we're that person, that cheerleader for another, we'll always have people in our own lives that will lift us up. And we'll change our own thoughts and mindset on challenge as well. Yeah. When you help somebody else, it does something inside of you. Mm -hmm. It's not all about you like it's great to have those heroes that inspire you but really the valuable stuff i think is when you do help somebody do something that they couldn't do and you can't take somebody to some place that you haven't been yourself before mm -hmm. but a lot of people just need someone who believes in them someone yeah. who will encourage them to to do what you know bruno's telling them that they can't do and that's the truth of this is that we've all got that bruno voice in our head and then when you help somebody else do something that they thought was impossible, it encourages you as well. Yeah. Be the hero. Be the inspiration. Be that person. And it, it's it's just very, very life-changing to do that. And one thing our pastor's been saying a ton lately is tell your story. And that's another negative voice that we can often face is no one wants to hear my story. My story isn't that powerful. I didn't have this crazy story like the guy next to me. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If we mm -hmm. all are telling our story, we can all be an inspiration, whether that's learning from our failures or our successes. Yeah, there could be a lot of reasons that you don't tell your story. Maybe you're ashamed of your story. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no reason to be, though. Your story is just your story. It's not yeah. good or bad. It's just what has happened. Mm -hmm. And really, the those types of things that you share, they they have a bigger impact than you realize because it's not just the big, grandiose, awesome, incredible transformation stories that inspire people. A lot of times it's just somebody who, who says, hey, they're going through the same thing I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And if they can at least attempt to overcome it, you don't even have to have arrived mm -hmm. yet. Just... I see them continuing to push through this thing, then that gives other people hope that they could do the same. Right. And when I'm filling myself with the things that build me up and help me become who I want to be, and when I'm telling my story and I'm sharing with other people and I'm listening to other people and we're having conversations, I'm constantly being developed and helping develop others, not in a like, I have it going on, I want to help you way, but just in a doing life with people sort of a way. And to be more specific, um, it is crucial that we fill ourselves with the right things. And for us, it is very, very, it is the rock bottom foundation of our, our lives that we are believers, we believe in the word of God, we believe in Jesus. And so we read and study the word of God daily. And we pray, we fill ourselves up with those things that give us that sure steady foundation that form our identity, form who we really are. And it totally, completely sets the course for what we're doing, for where we're going. And this is what has helped us develop our family core values that we have discussed in episodes four and five. 
where it's it solidifies who we are, why we are, and where we're going. Yeah, you know, another version of the voice of Bruno, which, as you mentioned, for us studying the Word of God and identifying who God says we are, that is very different than the voice of Bruno, which is going to keep reminding you of all of the times that you messed up Mm -hmm. and all of the things that you've done wrong. And those people aren't going to like you because they don't know what you do in secret. And if it ever gets found out, they're going to immediately be appalled. Like everybody's got stuff that they're they're Mm -hmm. dealing with. And that is one way that people isolate, you know, is because they they think, well, if they knew the real me, then they wouldn't like me. But that's a lie. (laughs) We all have stuff. Yeah, we all have stuff. We just don't pretend that we're perfect and the other person isn't, and then we don't have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Romans 8, 1 says, there is no, therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is why we have our daily habits of the word and prayer, because otherwise we'll be filled with condemnation, we'll be filled with guilt and shame for what we've yep. done in the past. But His mercies are new every morning, and so every day we have to remind ourselves and we have to fill our mind up, and our emotions need to be settled down Mm -hmm. so we know who we are and why. Yep. And you mentioned already having the right people in our lives. We've talked about this so much, but relationships are crucial, completely crucial. Mm -hmm. Having the right right friends. If they're the wrong friends that pull you down and you can't pull them up as a positive voice and an influence, then they're not the right people for your life. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now called Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy. And I'm just beginning it, but the first couple chapters really talk about your environment and how you are a product of your environment. And that's not to say that you have no choice in the matter I guess on either end, either extreme here, you've got, you know, the people who would say, well, it's, I always have complete choice and complete freedom. Or the other people on the other end of the spectrum would say, everything is predetermined. You have no choice whatsoever. And he's really saying that it's in the middle, but your environment does impact you. And he talks about that saying you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, but he extends it even further. He says, you're the average of the people that they spend their Ooh, time with. Yeah. If he and he did the research, if you have those five people who are closest to you in your life and one of them has a secondary connection, so somebody that they know that you don't that ends up getting a ton of weight, you are more likely wow. to gain weight. Interesting. It's crazy, yeah, and you don't even see those secondary connections hmm. a lot of times. You really got to be careful about what we are allowing into our world yeah it kind of reminds me of the story of i think it's a frog that you put in tepid water or it could Mm -hmm. be a lobster or it could be a i don't know some sort of some sort of creature that could jump out of tepid water Mm -hmm. and then you slowly raise the temperature and even when it's to boiling and they're dying they don't jump out even though they could or the story of if you have grasshoppers in a container with a lid on it And they learn they are conditioned over a course of time to not jump out because they can't. They're used to the lid. And even when you remove the lid, they won't jump out to their freedom. Yep. And that just reminds me of that. I feel like I'm thinking about that. I haven't heard that before. So I'm just thinking right now about how 
I could see that dynamic. Like you have a friend and they have a, let's use the weight example. I feel like that's a pretty clear example. Mm-hmm. I have a really close friend and then she has a friend that I don't even know that has really bad health choices and they're gaining weight steadily. Yep. And maybe my friend that I am personally close with, they compromise, but I don't even know it or make it make light of just eating whatever, whenever and having no boundaries. I could see if you spend too much time with that person, that infiltrating, maybe you are very strict in your, let's say I'm really strict in my diet and I eat just lean proteins and fresh from the earth, like produce and grains and things like that. I could see that infiltrating the more time, but not even knowing it. Yeah, because if that is something that is really important to you, the, oh, let's just say like with your your friend example, okay? So your friend confesses that this is really important to them, that they are going to eat very, very healthy. That's what your friendship and your relationship is built off of, that shared belief, right? So they are going to hang they start hanging around with somebody who doesn't share that belief they are naturally whether they say anything or not going to start questioning that belief and the fact that they are putting up with it in their life they have to kind of renege on that a little bit they have to go back on it a little bit because otherwise if they say this is really important to them, but they're allowing this contrary idea in their life, mm-hmm. then they're a hypocrite and they feel that tension internally. And they're like, I have to resolve this. So yeah. what's going to happen if that person doesn't get out of their life is they are going to change and they're going to be like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. This is okay. you know. And that's a kind of ridiculous example because it's, yeah. it's diet, right? Like yeah. who really cares how much somebody weighs? Yes, we want everyone to be healthy and to live a long yeah. life. And there are negative ramifications of overeating and eating the wrong things and things like that. But I'm not going to go around telling people like, you must change your diet now. Otherwise, you're going to die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's not the hill you want to die on. No. But that's... That's just, the example. Yeah, like, what are you? Example. What are you not willing to put up with yeah. in your life? You got to make sure if that's really, really important to you that I am not going to do this. Maybe it's negative people. You know, I don't want to be around negative people. Well, are the people that you're putting yourself around are they around negative people? Because eventually, it's going to seep in. That is very true. I was wondering, would you want to share your story about when you had to shout in our pastor's office? Oh, just, my own Silencio Bruno story. I just thought it was very <laughs> appropriate for today's episode. Sure. So I have always been a introverted person. And that is maybe hard to believe now because I do so much public, uh, all the podcasts and things. Actually, a lot of podcasters are very introverted. For whatever reason, this just isn't the same as being around a group of people. <laughs> but Uh, that caused me for a long time to be very quiet, not to speak my mind and just go along with whatever, always be in the background, like never wanted to be in front of anybody, never thought I had anything valuable to contribute, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then we started going to our church and it is a very different church than the one that I grew up in where you could just sit in the back and do the thing and nobody would know. Right, Mm -hmm. right. You can't get away with that in our church. And uh, it's been the right, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but this has been the right thing for me. Uh, I have always wanted to grow and become better though. So 
after we'd been attending our church for a while, I started doing discipleship with our pastor. And one of the things that he told me during one of our discipleship sessions was that I am a young lion and I needed to roar. I needed to shout. Mm -hmm. And that was for an introverted person who never really raised their voice. Very, very difficult to do. He, he made me do it in his office. And when I did, something broke off of me. And that was the thing like the Bruno voice was always saying like, you don't want to be one of those crazy people. But I don't think it's made me a crazy person. Maybe it has. I don't know. What I've seen is that it gives me confidence now in who I am and yeah. what I have to mm -hmm. contribute. Whereas I would have let that hold me back from speaking up before. Yeah. So that's one example of Silencio Bruno. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. Books obviously are a huge deal for us in learning and growing. And we have quite a number of them to share today. Uh, one of my all-time favorite books is The Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck because it will challenge a lot of your defaults in who we are, how we think, where we're going, how to help our kids have a growth mindset and be willing to learn and be willing to try hard things. Yep. The, uh, the concept is the growth versus fixed mindset. Uh, and we do have an episode that talks about that. We'll put yep. the link in the show notes. But episode there 12. is the book is actually called Mindset. So if you're trying to find it on Amazon or whatever, it's Mindset by Curl Duck. Again, we'll put a link in the, the show notes. A um, couple other books here since you asked me for some recommendations. I did. <laughs> you're, you're the you guy to You said one to three, so I picked four. <laughs> hey, that's reasonable. <laughs> All right. One that I read recently, and you're reading it right now, Liminal Thinking by Dave Gray. Very good. Liminal... Uh, basically, the, the root of that word, the definition is kind of like the threshold. So you're leaving one thing and entering another thing. And it talks a lot about the bubble of belief and challenging your ideas. And it's something that we don't typically do unless mm -hmm. it's intentionally. We tend yeah. to surround ourselves with people who are just going to reinforce yep. what we believe. And his point in this book is that whatever your definition of reality is, it's very minuscule compared to yeah. what is actually there. You're mm -hmm. never going to know the whole thing. Like the blind guy trying to describe the elephant. One of them's describing the trunk. One of them's describing the ear. One of them's describing the uh, the the uh, the tail. You know, the, all these different parts of the elephant. That's reality of the elephant to them, but they can't see the the big they don't picture. See, yeah, the whole thing. Yep. Another one which I really like is "The Obstacles the Way" by Ryan Holiday. Again, we tend to shy away from struggle. When something gets hard, we think, oh, I must not be on the right path. This book is basically saying that when you encounter an obstacle, that's an indication that you are on the right path. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, Ryan Holiday has another book, which is really good too, uh, Stillness is the Key. Um, he's a phenomenal writer. Um, one that you had encouraged me to put on here is Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon because this was another Silencio Bruno Yeah, this was a game changer for, for you. Yeah, I never thought I was creative. Uh, I actually, for a long time, uh, thought that like, I just didn't have the creative gene. I, I like writing songs on my guitar, and I would write songs and come up with these chord progressions and then hear a song on the radio and realize I stole it from that song and be like, oh, I guess I'm just not creative. I can't come up with anything completely original. And uh, Austin talked about how when you create something, really all you're doing is you're connecting these dots that you've collected in a way that hasn't been done before. So you want a better result, then connect or collect better dots. 
almost like creativity is a formula. So you can't, you don't have to judge the output. It just is what it is. Okay. And then the last one, obviously, this one's got to be on the list. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Uh, this is a phenomenal book about looking at your situation differently. He's the attitude guy. He voluntarily stayed in his country when Nazi, Nazi Germany was invading and survived the concentration camps. Talked a lot about the power of a positive attitude, stuff like that, and allowing him to overcome some pretty unspeakable evils. And when you read a book like that, you know, you feel bad about complaining about your situation. Yeah, it puts <laughs> life in perspective. Yes, it does. We talk about liminal think. I can't even say that liminal thinking, where the reality that we see is very, very small and not accurate compared to the big picture. And Victor Frankl's a big picture guy and about all yeah. about purpose and meaning. And if he could not only survive but thrive through the concentration camps and come out and months later be giving talks at universities about man's search for meeting. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. What's crazy about this book is it's not just that positive confession stuff no, either. No, it's not. It's not just like, no. oh, everything's going to be fixed soon. Nope, In fact, he tells all. stories about how people who were saying that they're the ones that died like yeah. when they believed they were going to be set free by Christmas and Christmas yeah. didn't come or whatever. They were crushed. They were crushed. Mm -hmm. Their hope was was gone. So yep. it was just about learning to look at your current situation in a different light, yeah. not believing that everything is going to magically change at a specific point. And his purpose, he identified, was that his purpose was to help other people find their own purpose. And isn't that true for all of us? Yeah. We have a purpose. And our purpose is also to help bring other people's up or pull other people's up and pull other people up and help them find their purpose. Mm -hmm. Because when we have a purpose, then it's our, our path is so much clearer. Yeah. And we just said how like Victor Frankl wasn't all about just saying the right things. He had the right mindset. But what we do say is simply an expression of what is on the inside. And we've shared some of the verses on this in the past, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And yep. so what we're saying, first of all, back up what we covered before, what we fill ourselves up with will come out of our mouth as a confession. Correct. When we're around negativity, negativity will come out. Mm -hmm. When we're around positive, uplifting, life-building things, that will come out. And one test that we can we can evaluate our conversations, when I'm talking to someone, do I talk more about ideas or people? <laughs> if I'm talking about people more than ideas, it might just fall in the realm of gossip and that's not positive or uplifting for anyone. Yeah. Or am I talking more about ideas and plans and on my own story or listening to their story? That's a really good like litmus test for ourselves, And there's a difference between talking about people and I think the, the inverse of that can appear like, well, I'm really selfish if I'm not focusing on the other person. That's not really what we're, we're talking about. But when you make people the primary focus, 
we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions, but others by their actions. And so it's not going to take you very long to be offended by something somebody does. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so true. (laughs) So when you're talking about focusing on ideas, you're really talking about like the core motivations, the intentions, the vision, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Instead of latching on to something that somebody did wrong and Mm -hmm. dwelling on that for a long time. Let that stuff go. Yeah, for sure. And what what comes out of our mouth really locates us. And one of the stories I love about the disciples is Jesus asked them at one point, who do you say that I am? And their response was really a reflection of what they thought on the inside, who they were on the inside and what came out of them. Because they didn't have any time to study it or premeditate what they were going to say. And um, Simon Peter, he said, you are Jesus, you are the Christ. And that he had this revelation from the inside, from being with him. That's who his people were. That's what his company was. He was filling himself with that. And that's yeah. what came out. And that's just a, I like that part of the the story because it was just out of the abundance of his heart. He, he answered, he answered right. He answered truly who Jesus was to him. And so we need to ask ourselves, who do you, who do we say we are about ourselves? Like, what do I say about myself? What and, do I say about the situation? And this is where like the daily Bible reading for us comes into play because it's not even just who do I say that I am. There is power in agreement, right? Yep. So understanding who the Creator mm-hmm. said I am, and then aligning myself with that. Yep. That is way more powerful than just saying something to say something. Like, oh, well, I better be positive today. So my mom always told me if I don't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all, right? (laughs) It's not not that. It's like, well, I've got to fill this void with positivity. Yeah. But when you fill it with the right things and you are in agreement about Mm -hmm. them, that has creative power. Yep. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And the more authentic we have, are in every area, that's why the more we fill ourselves up with the right things and the more comes out of our mouth that reflects who we really are and want to be, there's alignment in our life and there is such power in that and living in that way. Yep. One other thing I would add about figuring out who you are, maybe just ask some of the people that are closest to you. One of the yeah. things that I did, I went through this book called Unique Ability And part of the process is you send out all these emails to people who know you and you ask some questions about what do you think are my greatest strengths or, you know, that, that sort of thing. And I did that with about 20 different people and the responses that I got were pretty (laughs) eye-opening. I I got some responses and I was able to see common themes, but between these that I didn't really connect with those abilities in myself, I wasn't able to see them. It took not just even one person who was, but a bunch of people. And they were all super willing when I explained like what I was trying to do. We feel selfish when we ask that stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, they they want to see you succeed. Yeah, And they're willing to, to help you see your blind spots. Mm-hmm. One of the things that came out of that was uh, the, one of the common themes is that I'm a, I'm a good teacher and explainer of ideas. And I never really thought about that before but after going through that exercise i was able to reconcile and see how that influenced all of the stuff that i was 
doing on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis, all the podcasts, all the courses, things like that. And what it does is it brings motivation and energy to those mm-hmm. activities. Or maybe it, you you realize you're going through this that like your gifts aren't aligning with what you are currently doing. And at yeah. that point, you realize maybe I need to make some adjustments. Maybe yeah. I need to change careers. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't just blanket recommend people do that, but maybe it's necessary, yeah. you know? And it's better for you to just to see that and to decide that, you know, early on, as early as possible, so you have more time to to adjust. And we're our own worst enemies, oftentimes. Exactly. I'm very hard. Like for me personally, I'm very very hard on myself. And when I have a hard time getting something to stick, like work, I use the workout example all the time because it's true. It I beat myself up about it. Like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this? Why, why, can't, why do I struggle with this? And first step is just like knowing it's there. We're not talking about, we're never talking about just saying the right things and magically your life will be perfect. That's mm-hmm. not at all what we're saying or what we advocate. But it's, exist, it's um, acknowledging the hard thing, acknowledging the struggle, the thing that's hard for you, and then overcoming that with consistency and doing what will get you to where you want to go. For me, it was working out regularly. Nothing silences Bruno faster than doing yes. the thing. <laughs> yeah, like just, okay, well, I'll just do my workout. Okay. Yep. And just, I'm going to show up and do it again today. Oh, and another day in a row, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep doing it. Yep. And you're just, every every action we make, it it's basically another vote for who you want to be. Yep. Every workout I do, big or small, whether I'm sweating or not, when I show up for yoga, Mm-hmm. I am casting a vote that I am a healthy, active person and I take care of myself. Take that, Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you can probably relate with this if you're a parent, but you know, patience, you feel like you run out of it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel, it just feels like they're pushing your buttons someday. It's true. But they are. <laughs> responding in love that and re- reminding yourself that like I am a patient person because for us again it comes back to the word Galatians 5:22 and 23. I, this is one of the big verses I've taught my kids over the years. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. That I am that person that is patient with my kids, even when they push my buttons, even when they know how to drive mom crazy, I <laughs> am patient. <laughs> yep. And when I'm not, I can ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yep. Move on. You confess it. You silence Bruno. And you do it. You do it. And then you do it over and over and over again. And eventually, you don't hear that voice anymore. Yeah. Because you've proven it with your lifestyle that Mm -hmm. that negative belief, that just isn't true. Yeah. That limiting belief. That's another Mm -hmm. way to say it. That's a concept from that liminal thinking book. Yeah. These beliefs that keep our world small. And limiting beliefs can come from anywhere. They can come from you. Maybe you had a bad experience with something that... Mm -hmm has caused you to shy away from doing something that you're called to do, but mm-hmm. you just don't want to put yourself in a position where you might fail again. Maybe it's from people who are close to you who had the best of intentions, yeah. but they reinforce this belief that, well, that's fine for some people, but you can't do that. You know, identify those limiting beliefs and silencio Bruno. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, neither of us saw ourselves doing the, a lot of the things that we do currently. Yeah. 
but we had to overcome that negativity. Mm-hmm. What are the voices in your life that are telling you, you can't? What can you read or listen to that will help fill you up with the identity and who you want to be? Can you identify with the people that you have in your life that will propel you where you want to go? What can you start confessing about yourself to change the negative voices to positive confession about who you're meant to be? Thanks for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.